Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host and president of Mission Go. Today our scripture is taken from the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 16, which is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, For by him were all things created, that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. What a great verse that talks about the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. This verse claims that he's the one that is the creator. He created everything out of nothing, created just according to his own will. It says the things that are visible and invisible. So that means all the things that are seen he created, as well as the invisible things, which are angels and, and other beings. It talks about thrones and dominions and principalities, which are angelic divisions, but it also invisible things that you can't see, like, like love and compassion and those human instincts that we use every day. And so everything that we have comes from the Lord Jesus Christ, and we ought to give him thanks and we ought to praise him for who he is and what a great blessing it is to have a personal relationship with him and we ought to thank him every day for our salvation, that he's working in our lives and drawing us closer to himself, for the privilege that we have to be alive during this time in history, to serve him and to share the wonderful gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a radio edition of Global Times. Today we have in our studio, Karen Lubbers, who is a missionary to Uganda, and she's been serving the Lord for many, many years, and God has really used her. Karen, why don't you uh, tell us about your ministry and how God has guided and directed you? Sure. I have been in Soroti, Uganda, for, this is my ninth year. Ten years ago, I arrived in Uganda for the first time, and sometimes I don't know how to describe the ministry other than riding in God's palm. Every day I wake up saying, Lord, what should I do today? And it's just a pleasure to be a part of his kingdom work and to be his hands and feet there, walking alongside the local churches and the schools, um, teaching, 
One Hope curriculum, which is a very colorful, well laid out Sunday school curriculum, but it can also be used in elementary or nursery schools. So I've been training teachers and equipping them with this curriculum. In the last four years, I think over 31,000 pieces of curriculum have gone out to teachers or for students to have their own copy. So they're getting colorful pictures of God's word. I've been a part of music ministry and a piggery project, a ladies discipleship group, which is one of my biggest ministries right now and one of the closest blessings to my heart. There are up to nine ladies that come to my house on Sunday afternoons for Bible study and a time of prayer. But it used to be from three to five, and now it's from three to 10, because we have Bible study, and then we have KK's, which is Karen's Kitchen, and they stay for creative food other than cornmeal and beans. And then, yeah, usually a great time of fellowship. And the Lord has just developed that relationship, and it's really cool to see them grow into wonderful disciples of the Lord. And another one of the curriculums that we've been using is a Lead Today Youth Leadership curriculum. So they've been learning about vision and integrity and timing and just growing as leaders in the Lord. And it's really exciting. Yeah, you have quite, a, quite an impact there. Uh, why don't you tell us about some of the, the missionaries who have joined Global Outreach that you've had an impact? We have a fun team. I think it's kind of a new team. We are, must be six families now. Um, <laughs> And all of us, I believe, are either single or a mixed marriage from other countries. And so either Canadians or Americans married to Ugandans. We have an African-American married to a Dutch guy. And yeah, we have, we have teachers, we have nurses, we have pastoral trainers. And so it's just a fun team. We meet together three, four times a year if we can to pray together as a team. We don't really work together, but we're online together and praying for each other and, and meeting together and serving God in the same place. Well, and you, uh, you have a special event coming up as well. Yes. <laughs> Do you want to tell us about it or are we going to keep My it? My personal event? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> in March, four of us were invited to go to India by a wonderful Hindu man that I have known for 10 years. He invited us to his niece's wedding. And while I was in India with my best friends, my dear friend Moses proposed to me. So I am getting married this fall to a Ugandan in Uganda. <laughs> so after 13 years of being on a mission field, I will finally have a, a partner serving the Lord. And I'm excited to this new part of the journey. And he's into um, church planting and discipleship and youth ministry. So I think we're going to be a good team. Good. Praise the Lord for that. Yeah, Very nice to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing with us. The Lord bless you. Thank you so much for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour. As you're aware, this is a listener-supported program. This month, we're offering a wonderful uh, booklet. It's entitled The Critical Spirit. At the root of a critical spirit often lie insecurities, selfish interests, and an unrenewed mind. For some, critical attitudes are caught from a home life where, where criticism abounds. Let's see one another as the Lord sees us through the compassionate eyes of Jesus Christ. I'm sure if you order, to get this booklet, remember to order your copy. Please write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R 7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, 
Buffalo, New York, 14231. Thou bless. 
Today's message is from the Reverend George Francisco, and it's taken from the book of Revelation. It's entitled, Christ at the Door. Printed copies are available upon request. I count it a privilege to be able to share with you today, and I would like to turn to God's Word with you and look at a very wonderful and familiar passage. I turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 20. The topic is, Christ at the Door, and the verse reads, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and will open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. The book of Revelation begins with a most stunning and magnificent vision of the resurrected and glorified Christ. The apostle John, who saw the vision and faithfully recorded it, was directed by God to write to seven Christian churches that existed at the time in Asia Minor. John had been exiled to the island of Patmos by the Roman Emperor, and while there he received this majestic vision of Christ and, of course, the entire prophecies that follow. Let us read a few of the verses from Revelation chapter 1. John said, I heard a great voice, Revelation 1 and 12, and I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white as wool, and his eyes were as a flame of fire and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice was as the sound of many waters, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shining in his strength, and when I saw him I fell at his feet as dead." The Apostle John was probably the closest of all the disciples to Jesus, when he saw Jesus was completely overwhelmed by the glory and majesty of the risen Christ. The one who was rejected by the men of this world as unworthy is seen as he is now, glorified, exalted, honored in the heavens at the right hand of God. This is significant for when we turn to verse 20 of chapter 3 and read, Behold, I, that is Jesus, stand at the door and knock, we realize it's not just some man or even a great prophet. It is Jesus, the Son of God, who is at the door. Charles Lamb once said, quote, Not many sounds in life exceed in interest a knock at the door. Unquote. Millions of people who lived in the Stalin era, and many today who live under totalitarian political regimes, realize the significance that it can be if a knock comes to the door, especially at night, for it usually spells for them terror and doom. The Apostle John wrote that Jesus, the Lord of heaven, stands at the door and knocks. There's no indication in the text that he stands there to bring judgment and punishment 
On the contrary, the very opposite is true. The text indicates that Christ stands and knocks. He doesn't break down the door, which he could do with his mighty power. He stands, he knocks, he waits. This is a picture of one who is interested and one who cares. Some Bible scholars believe that this verse refers to Christ knocking at the door of a church. He is standing outside and seeking admission. Now, it would be not too unusual for a church to have Christ's name, but not the reality of that name. For many a church has started out evangelical, believing the Bible and knowing God by faith. But as the years pass, the church degenerates until, like the Judaism of Christ's day, it is only a shell. The truth and reality of personally knowing God is gone. History is witness to many a church that has over time shipwrecked on the rocks of formalism and apostasy. The context of the verse seems to give some credence also as Revelations chapters 2 and 3 records Christ's words to the seven churches in Asia. But it can also be argued that the immediate context is Christ's words to the Laodicean church. The words of Christ indicate indicate deep and troubling problems that existed there. Let us read Christ's words from verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold or hot. I would that thou art cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, neither cold or hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth, because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Verse 19, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. From this we can gather that the church had drifted far from its original foundations. The threat of drifting away from the faith once delivered to the saints is a continual threat that all believing churches face. A strong case can be made that the church was full of self-deceived and unsaved people, people who could say, I am rich and have need of nothing, but of whom God says, Thou art wretched and miserable and blind. These people needed to hear the very first elements of the gospel. And so verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. There are many, many church people who parallel the conditions found here at Laodicea. They need to hear the gospel, that Christ died for their sins. He rose again to be a living Savior. And it is this Christ who must be allowed into the hearts and spiritual houses of our life. Notice the text says, If any man hear my voice and open the door. So Christ is thinking and addressing this to individual men or people. So let us look further then at the text in this light. The living Christ says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. 
An artist by the name of Salmon once painted a picture that is seen in many Christian homes. It is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ knocking at the door of a house. Weeds and brambles are everywhere, speaking of neglect. The door is massive and closed tight. There's no handle on the door. It can only be opened from the inside. The house looks dark. There are no windows. A soft heavenly light falls upon the doorway, and if you look closely, you will see that it is in the shape of a heart. The artist is saying, the darkened house with the fast closed doorway is symbolic of man's spiritual house. The weeds speak of years of neglect by men to address their spiritual needs. The house is dark, for without Christ, who is the light of the world, men live in spiritual darkness. The door is massive and closed tight, speaking of the resistance of the sinner's heart toward the things of God. Men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil, Jesus said in John 3. But Christ, with tender concern, comes seeking the sinner, knocking at his heart's door, and waiting. What a picture of condescension Solomon and the scriptures paint. What questions arise here? How long has he been standing there? How many times has he knocked at the door? How long will it be before he turns away, and the opportunity to be saved will be lost forever? These questions confront us from the text. Let us turn and see, first of all, from the text, that Christ is a present Savior. He stands at the door. He has made his way right to the heart and the life of the individual. The Savior, then, is very, very near, and he's calling out. His voice is heard. I wonder if this is not true of us, and what will our response be? Will it be more resistance, more ignoring of the heavenly guest? Or will it be a personal decision to open that heavy door that has resisted the Savior for so long, the door of your will? If you will open the door, Christ will come in. And when he comes in, he brings forgiveness of sins, for he died on the cross to pay sin's price. He brings peace with God, for Romans 5 and 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When Christ comes in, he brings light. For Jesus said, I am the light of the world, John 8. When Jesus is invited in, he brings the gentle, powerful Holy Spirit to enable change in our lives and to make us into the image of Christ. When Christ comes in, he brings eternal life. For Jesus said, I give unto them eternal life, and no man can pluck them out of my Father's hand, John 10. Christ is near today. I trust you will hear his voice and let him into your spiritual house, the house of your heart and your life. Then we see that Christ is a patient Savior. He says, Behold, I stand at the door. Some people have kept the Savior standing on the outside of their lives for many, many years. In Noah's day, God gave the people 120 years to repent. 
Men, most of them waited till the day of the door of the ark was closed. And then, of course, it was too late. We must act while there is time. Come now, the scriptures say, for today is the day of salvation. Then we see from the text that Christ is a persistent Savior. He stands at the door and knocks. He interrupts our selfish lives with his knock. He confronts us with a call to something higher than ourselves, something away from worldly things to the heavenly things, from mortal things to the immortal, from the temporal to the things of eternity. It is disturbing and uncomfortable. Yet Christ's knock is vital. It jars us out of our comfort zone and calls us to realize that the way of our own making may seem right to us now, but God says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 14. If you are ever to reach heaven, you must listen to heaven. Christ the heavenly one said, I am the door. By me if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. His knock at the door is a call to be forgiven. It's a call to be part of a family. It's a call to be prepared for eternity. Millions of people will one day thank God that he didn't just knock once, but that he persisted till they swung that heavy door of their will open to the Savior. I hope you will do that, too. Then notice Christ is a promising Savior. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. What a precious promise. There are no preconditions, such as, if you're good enough, I'll come in, or if you're rich enough or wise enough or if you hadn't been too bad. The promise of Jesus is universal, if any man. Lydia, a seller of purple, was a good woman. She opened her heart to the Savior and was saved. Saul of Tarsus was evil, killing others in the name of his religion. He opened his heart and he was saved, all because Christ, the living Savior, knocked at the door. I hope you today will hear his voice, that you will open the door and find his saving grace. I trust the message you just heard was a great blessing to you and uh, maybe we'll be able to minister to you in a spiritual way. Here at uh, Canada's National Bible Hour, we have great concern about those who hear our broadcasts but don't know Jesus Christ personally. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. These are truths from the Word of God. All of us are sinners. All of us need a Savior. All of us have done things we're ashamed of. All of us have done things that are wrong, and we know it. 
But our sins can be forgiven when we receive Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Your prayers and gifts will be much appreciated. You can also get a free copy of our booklet entitled Critical Spirit by writing Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. And don't forget to visit our website where you can hear past messages of Canada's National Bible Hour. We also have a new radio broadcast that's 24-7. It's an internet uh, broadcast that you can go on our website, www.missiongo-radio.org slash radio. And you can listen to not only past messages on Canada's National Bible Hour, but good Christian music, as well as other Christian messages who can share Bible doctrine with you each day. We also ask that you continue to please remember us in your prayers, and we trust the Lord will continue to bless you throughout this next week.